Welcome to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. The sermon you are about to hear is from our worship service on June 26, 2022. For more information about the community and ministries of St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows, you can go to our website, smlutheran.org. There, you will find the full online worship service from which this sermon is taken. And if you would like to give gifts to support the ministries at St. Mark's, you'll find options of how to do that there as well. And now, here's Pastor Hallie Parkins with a gospel reading. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem, and he sent his messengers ahead of him. On their way, they entered a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him, but they did not receive him because his fate was set towards Jerusalem. When his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them. Then they went on to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another, he said, Follow me. But this person said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said to him, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. The gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today we stand in witness of a moment of transformation, of restoration and renewal in our scripture, in our calling as followers of Jesus, and out-of-the-box expectations as we stand along the Elwha River and witness to the course of life returning to this place. There is a wilding of scripture and a call to be disciples in our gospel story today, and a wilding of this place once again as dams were removed and the river was restored to the course it was taking. And I find our gospel in this wildness, in this place, to be kind of difficult and demanding. And today I just want it to live as it is and enter into the fullness of that wild, uncomfortable, untamed call. And often the gospel can become domesticated and tamed and begin to look so much more serene and peaceful and easy than it is. I want this gospel to stand as weird and uncomfortable and confusing as it is as part of a Bible that we hold as so tender and true as only we can expect of the Word of God as our holy God caught up in human affairs. I want to let the gospel live as weird and uncomfortable and confusing as it is in this call to be disciples of Jesus because it bears a complicated truth of being a follower of Jesus. It bears the truth of a complex call of the Holy Gospel into the world. We find our place in Scripture in the beginning of a narrative of Jesus' journey to Jerusalem. And over the course of 10 chapters, Luke carries us through this journey into the story and call to follow the incarnational God. In this story, our hearts are yearning for transformation, and they want renewal. And we know the promise of resurrection that ends this whole story. But it's not an easy path getting there as followers. Jesus promises that it's going to be about as unappealing as possible. And it's unattractive and 
from the beginning, Jesus gives everyone who gathers around and wants to follow a reason to say no. And I think through all of these reasons to say no, the people who follow are able to say yes in a way that is true and free. As the followers travel with Jesus along the way, there is an invitation to them in an unattractive term. Along the way, they all experience rejection because the face is set towards something else. Uh, and in that rejection, there's a turning to a want of kind of enacting judgment. But enacting judgment really isn't part of Jesus's project as he moves towards Jerusalem. Debbie Thomas, in her 2019 commentary on this gospel, outlines the challenges of this week's lectionary reading as such. She says that if we want a way of life that's soft and cuddly, Jesus's way isn't it. If we want a God who will respect our priorities, honor our culture, social, economic boundaries, and keep our lives neat and orderly, Jesus is not that God. If we want a spirituality that's comfortable rather than costly and stable rather than transformative, we should walk away now because Jesus's face is set like stone for Jerusalem, for sacrifice, for the cross. And yes, he bids us to follow. Of course he does. And that life from this beginning part of the journey towards the cross has rejection part of it. We all know and experience rejection in the places our feelings of hurt. And Debbie Thomas highlights for us what that rejection can lead us to, that we can be in danger of leading with anger rather than leading with love when people disagree with us. And we can hold resentment over kindness when our feelings are hurt. And with all the extra nerved up energy and confrontation and blood that is quick to boil right now and just being human in the world, we can jump at an opportunity to attack and win rather than move with love. Thomas also says that this journey is full of inconvenience and hardship, embracing the grittiness and humility and messiness of our lives. And it actually moves with our material lives and literal privilege and bumps up against those places. And so for all of these reasons, it's a hard gospel, in-your-face, confrontational, even offensive way that we hold of following Jesus in this world. I think there's a wilding of what incarnational life looks like with God that carries us into the wild spaces and into relationship with creation that supports life. We recognize that life-seeking is not only for human beings, but for all of our relationships and with the life in the natural world. When we remove the things that tame our reading of the gospel and look at what life has set forth with us, we're brought into this kind of relationship. Today we stand in witness to a moment of transformation along the Elwha River. And as a very rough sketch of all the complex voices, issues, powers, struggles, and change over 110 years, in brief, a dam was constructed along the Elwha River by white settlers to this area in Washington. And then a second dam, the Glines Canyon Dam, was built close to 100 years ago. And the dams turned out hydroelectric power that was used to supply uh, power to industry, specifically a paper mill. And in the complex story of human history and strongly held beliefs about the dam, it was seen by some as a positive, low-cost energy source that supported the growth of the town. And for others, the dams changed the course of the river and swelled it up to become big lakes, almost a jewel of a recreational area in this part of the state. And yet for others who witnessed the effects on the salmon, whose voices did not hold the same kind of power at that time, 
The dams were a devastating force on the salmon and the river herself. For the salmon who once spawned in the upper tributaries of the river uh, in cold water, the dams became an impassable barrier to their ways of life. The small, a small spawning channel was built up as a home for life before the dam. And the First Nations people who had been caretakers of the river in land and ocean since time immemorial began to speak out about the presence of the dam on the impact on the lives of salmon. The river had been the place of life, not only for fish, but for all the creatures of the earth, including human beings. And some say in the, uh, that the salmon in the Elwha could become as big as 100 pounds. And they would say that the river would burst from edge to edge, teeming with the bodies of salmon running up the river to spawn. And through tremendous conflict, of through decades of conversation with national leaders and state officials, public leaders, um, community organizers, the citizens of Port Angeles, and the lower Elwha Klallam tribe, the dams were finally removed. And there's a whole different picture of what life looks like here now. I was told that when the dams were removed, the salmon were waiting at the mouth of the river, decades and decades later, ready to swim upstream. And so standing now, in witness to the changes of several man-made creations of the river, that are a part of the rewilding. You can find places of revegetation and man-made created log jams. And most noticeably, there is sediment, which was once held back by the dam that flowed out into the mouth of the river and created a bed and home for salmon and fish in the ocean among kelp. It is a moment we witness the rewilding of place, of path and home through conflict and change and transformation we witnessed the transformation in the presence of trees now along the banks of the river and new plants and human hands beginning um, to bring life to these places. So the forests take root and grow. And we witnessed the young life of a forest that is following the edges of the river once again. Human hands engineered log jams and a tumble of trunks and root wads and limbs for shelter for salmon until the river could begin to flow its natural course and carry those things as places for home for salmon. And like the foxes that have holes and birds that have their nests, the salmon have home beginning once again in the wildness of this place. I think that this is a metaphor also for the Christian imagination of what it is to be a follower of Jesus beyond the comfortable, easy places that carry us into conflict where there's rejection and inconvenience and a reorientation that makes life possible. It's a journey I imagine that parallels the salmon um, from their spawning ground again. And when the dams were in place, that man-made channel was formed for the salmon to spawn and create home. Once the dams were removed, those salmon swam upstream, past that channel and miles and miles up the river into parts of the water where the salmon had not been in decades. And that cold, clear water, once again, beyond the barrier of a, of a dam, there was life once again. I think in our gospel, we are called to rewild our Christian imagination and calling in the world beyond the easy, comfortable paths to the course where we are called into life with God. And sometimes when things move towards life, yes, there is struggle and conflict. And it lasts for years beyond what we could see. We live into the wild calling of our scripture and the truths unveiling in Jesus' long journey and live into the wild calling as followers 
into what uh, is beyond what seems serene and peaceful, into what gives life. And we live into the wild journey of followers of this incarnational God. And like salmon who used to spawn in a channel, uh, we are given an opportunity to live life miles and miles deeper in a life that even beyond our own lifetime and generations upon generations can bring the possibility. We listen to the sacred call now and witness the stories that unfold in human history and continue to unfold in human history that lead towards uh, life with God and transformation and witness again today the sacred voices that have been calling for life over and over again. With that, we give thanks to God. Amen.